Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Couch Rotato Podcast. On this jam-packed episode, I'm going to discuss the firing of CM Punk by Tony Khan that happened this past Saturday. I'm going to try to break down and give you my thoughts on what could be possibly next for CM Punk and what lies ahead for AEW. Then, we're going to talk a little fantasy football. My son Jack is going to join me on the show as he did his first fantasy football draft over the Labor Day weekend. And we're going to talk a little bit about his uh, process, how he built his team, what his experience was like. Got a few questions for him. We're going to talk a little fantasy football with you guys and gals. This should be a very fun episode. So, after the guitar riff, the Couch Potato Podcast is coming up next. All right, what's happening, boys and girls? It's a brand new episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. Kind of got a jam-packed episode for you guys and gals this week. Originally, the topic was going to be fantasy football. Uh, later on in the episode, we're going to talk a little bit of fantasy football with my son, Jack, who had the privilege of doing his very first fantasy football draft. So I wanted to talk to him and get inside his head, see what he thought about his first draft, kind of how he built his team, whether he thinks he's going to like it or not, who knows, but uh should be a fun episode. But late, well, I guess it wasn't so much late. It was uh, Saturday afternoon, this past Saturday, that we got word that Tony Khan pulled the trigger and decided to fire CM Punk from AEW. So I figured, since we're primarily a wrestling and movie podcast, that I had to at least address this, so... Uh, yeah, uh, he finally pulled the trigger. Uh, for those of you that don't know, there was an incident at the all in pay-per-view, which occurred in London, uh, the week before Labor Day, there was an altercation backstage between Jack Perry and CM Punk that got physical. And in the press release, Tony Khan said that he felt like his life was in danger so he had to make the decision after consulting with his legal team, and apparently there's a conduct team inside AEW that reviews any kind of instances like this, and they made the call that it was uh, time for CM Punk to go. So Tony Khan issued a press release, and then he went out to address the crowd in Chicago, which was there for AEW Collision and the all-out pay-per-view, which was the following night, both in CM Punk's hometown of Chicago. So I have to give Tony Khan his flowers. He went out and took the bullet to defuse the crowd, let him know why he did what he did. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I guess it's kind of one of those things where it was a little shocking, but then again, it's not. I think ever since the events of the all-out media scrum last year, it seems like AEW has just been in a downward spiral in terms of their locker room culture, and I think something had to be done, but it seems like whether you agree with it or not, that CM Punk seemed to be in the center of a lot of these issues, so I think he made the uh, call to let him go. Uh, for me personally, I, I don't think that it's so much CM Punk's fault I think at the end of the day, this is uh, the fault of Tony Khan uh, letting this go as far as it did. It took over a year 
for this to happen, and it seemed like there will always be these stories popping up. And I really just liken it just from the stuff I've been reading on the internet over the last week. And I wanted to give this a little time to, you know, kind of, you know, the all the news that's been happening in AEW over the last week, just kind of put it in a big crock pot, let it stew, let it cook, see what happens. Uh, there was rumors that CM Punk was going to address it. So I kind of wanted to wait and see if that came out, which it still hasn't yet as of recording at almost 11 p.m. on a Friday night, Eastern time. Still haven't heard anything yet, whether we do or not, hard to tell. But, uh, yeah, I think something had to be done. But I really think this really boils down to there seems to be a big uh, environmental issue within AEW. And I think what happened is is CM Punk was kind of caught in the middle. I'm sure we've all worked in an... uh, for somebody where it just you don't seem to mesh with the higher ups and it seems like they don't like you, you don't like them for some reason, but instead of maintaining a level of professionalism, the people that are supposed to be your boss decide to kind of fuck with you a little bit. And I think they kind of planted seeds in some of the other talent inside the locker room. And I think it made it difficult for CM Punk where a lot of these people lost whether they lost respect for him, just wanted to make it difficult for him to get him out of there. I don't know. But at the end of the day, he's gone. But like I said, I think this is a uh, Tony Khan. I think this really lies at his feet at the end of the day, why it took over a year for there to be some kind of resolution. Uh, Honestly, I think a sign of a good leader is if he knew that there was problems with CM Punk, Omega, the Young Bucks, that this should have been something that they, you don't ask if they want to take a meeting, which apparently there was rumors that uh, they had tapings in Atlanta a few weeks ago, and CM Punk wanted to meet with uh, the Bucks and Kenny, and they shot him down. Uh, I think this is an issue where these are four of your biggest talents in your entire company, and I don't think this is a matter of asking if they want to sit down and have a meeting. This is more of a matter like, hey, I'm setting a meeting up at this time. Kenny, Nick, Matt, Phil, you all are going to be there. We're going to hammer this out. And I think at the end of the day that no one was man or at least the the boss and even his executive vice presidents, which are Kenny and the Young Bucks, they did take the initiative to try to try to squash this for the betterment of the business. At the end of the day, and you can blame CM Punk, but it's really a fault of management, especially Tony Conda. He let it get to this point, and now you've got other talent trying to you know create issues with him. Uh, the main culprit, obviously, is Jack Perry. Uh, he is currently on indefinite suspension. I am of the belief that I think that they should have fired him as well because he took it upon himself to stir the pot. And I think he knew he was going to get some kind of reaction out of CM Punk, but he chose to do this on the most important day in company history, which is the all, all in pay-per-view, the biggest crowd in wrestling history, at least according to the people that went through the turnstiles, WWE may have uh, other thoughts, but that's for a different time. Uh, 
biggest show in company history, and he decides during the pre-show that he's going to take a shot at CM Punk on national TV right in the middle of a match with Hook. And I think he knew that he was going to get something out of out of Phil on that. And I don't understand why he chose that particular moment to do so. But this caused a lot of issues. I mean, you can read about what happened during this, but uh, it got to the point where, according to reports, CM Punk got so upset that he got in Tony Khan's face. He threatened to quit, said he did not want to be there anymore. And uh, Samoa Joe had to talk him back to do their match, which was the opening match of the card, meanwhile. But I think Jack Perry should have been let go. Let's be real, gang. This heel character that he's been playing over the last couple of months is probably the most captivating thing he's done. I mean, the Jurassic Express stuff was kind of cool, but it kind of ran its course, but then he was just in limbo pretty much. But he's not a big enough star to warrant having him on the roster. If you let him go... I don't think it's going to be a huge deal. I Obviously, I would imagine some people out there probably disagree with me about him being a huge star, that maybe the WWE will get a hold of him and turn him into something. If they do, that's fine. But honestly, I don't think he's really adding anything to your roster, and I think losing him is not that big of a deal. So I, I personally think he should be fired. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a huge loss for them, but... uh. I guess the two biggest questions really are uh, what's next for CM Punk? I mean, we don't know whether he's got a no-compete clause uh, from this termination. I don't know if it's just strictly something uh, that says you're fired, you're released from your contract, or whether it's you're fired, but we're still going to pay you for a certain amount of time, but there's a no-compete clause, or you at least can't go to company a or company b which i would imagine company a would definitely be the wwe um there were rumblings over the last week that uh as far back as late in 2022 that cm punk wanted to come back to wwe and i don't know who pitched the idea but there was uh, apparently a rumor of a him coming back at the royal rumble earlier this year and getting eliminated by someone and this would lead to a program where he would main event the first night of WrestleMania with the person that eliminated him in the Royal Rumble. Uh, the rumor is that that was Kevin Owens, which I'm kind of glad it didn't uh, amount to that because I, I really think that that stuff with the bloodline earlier this year that uh, culminated in the match with him and Sammy versus the Usos was some of the best stuff WWE's done in quite a long time, and we would have never gotten that moment if he would have had CM Punk versus Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. So I'm kind of glad that didn't happen. Uh, I I really think that if he's in good terms with uh, management of WWE, which he apparently, uh, no, I guess not apparently, it did. He was at an event... Not too long ago, backstage, he was seen, he was photographed with some of the talent. So, obviously, he still has some uh, fans and upper management. I think that they tried to get him out of the building more. The fact that he was an AEW talent, and that probably would have caused a 
media stir, which it did. I mean, a lot of people were speculating on why he was back there. But I could foresee if there's a solid relationship, I could easily see him going back to the WWE. Um, they've done it before. There's been a lot of bad blood with a lot of people, and they've come back. Bruno San Martino was one. Uh, well, of course, the infamous Stone Cold Steve Austin walked out in the middle of a Monday Night Raw episode. He came back. Uh, Lesnar quit to join the NFL. He came back. Uh, there's always been a lot of like wrestlers that have left WWE on bad terms and made their way back. Uh, they've even said on record, if it's good for business, we will work with anybody. And this is really no different. I mean, even if he has this stigma where he's difficult to work with, which I don't think that is. I think it's just this him acting out as the product of being in a toxic work environment where and I think the comment that he said that he works with fucking children during the all-out media scrum is reflective of that. But um, I don't know. I, I foresee it happening. Uh, it's just it's too good not to. I mean, it seems like he really wants to remain in professional wrestling. He was at a cauliflower alley, which is like this wrestling club. I didn't really do much research on the cauliflower alley club or whatever that he uh, got an award from a few weeks ago, but apparently he still really loves the business. And I think that this is really the best Avenue for him. I can't really foresee him going to, a smaller promotion such as NWA or Impact, even though Impact has already made it perfectly clear that they would welcome him with open arms. Uh, I really think that as much as he complained about it, I think being in more of a structured environment like the WWE would probably be more beneficial to him because none of the, the current talent on the roster are running the show. Triple H is retired. It's his show. All the guys that are doing the backstage stuff and the promo work are all former wrestlers. So there's really none of that where they have to work with one another. I think it'd be beneficial for both parties. He's still a huge name. They do have WrestleMania 40 coming up in about six, seven months. I think it would be huge to have someone of that caliber on the show. And I can easily see something happening where... He comes back, maybe sign him for a year, see how it goes. And at the worst case scenario, you can at least get a couple of good programs for your bigger shows. And then like, if it's not working out, if he's still a pain in the ass in the locker room, you'll know. And if he can't make it into WWE again, then he's done. So, uh, but I can see it happening. Um, Survivor Series coming up in November is in his hometown of Chicago. I guess there's no perfect time than any. If he's not bound by a no-compete clause, he'd easily come in during that. So, I don't know. We'll see. That's what I think will happen. I think he ends up back in WWE at some point. I didn't really think so when we discussed this a few weeks ago. I thought maybe if he was fired, he would be done with wrestling altogether. But uh, letting this stew for a bit, I think he still loves the business. I still think he wants to compete. Uh, obviously he, I guess the, it's not a warm 
uh, relationship with WWE, but at least it sounds like it might be a cordial one where he can work within that system. I think I think he comes back. That's just my two cents. Um, but uh, what's next for AEW? Uh, it really seemed like this uh, firing really lit a fire under the talent. Uh, the following night was the all-out pay-per-view, which I will be honest with you, I did not pay to watch. A uh, buddy of mine hooked me up with a free li- uh, link for the f- someone was streaming on the internet, so I watched it kind of under the table, didn't pay for it. Uh, but I will go on record as saying that I think that pay-per-view is one of the, in terms of the in-ring action, is probably one of the best pay-per-views they've ever done. There was four or five Four star matches on there. Uh, Takeshita and Omega was a classic. That's the best match of the night. But uh, the main event was really, really good. Uh, we got a fantastic match between Miro and Hobbs. So it really seemed like CM Punk being out of the company really revitalized the company. So whether this was something that was just kind of a temporary thing. Maybe they just felt inspired that they wanted to do something good because they were getting all this negative press. I don't know, but we will really find out with AEW over the next few months, whether next few months, next six months, whether CM Punk was a problem or whether it's a problem within uh, the management structure at all. I really think AEW needs an Undertaker-esque performer back there to kind of be the judge and jury and executioner for the wrestlers involved. I'm sure this shit went went on all the time during WWE, back when the Attitude Era, when you had a lot of huge personalities. But the Undertaker, from what I have read, was always the guy that, you know, if it got to him... You didn't fuck with The Undertaker. It's like, okay, I need to get my shit together because I think that he probably would have laid you out if you were acting a certain way, which I don't think really anyone in AEW's locker room is really like that. Of course, the business has evolved so much from the late 90s, early 2000s to this point, but management really needs to step up and make sure that this doesn't happen anymore because I really think that AEW has been a very promising company over their time frame. I mean, in-ring work-wise has just been, you can always count on their pay-per-views delivering, which I will never doubt an AEW pay-per-view again after All Out. That was well worth my time to watch that, and I think going forward I will always order one, but I really hope they keep them at four to five. They're adding another one, but talk about that in another episode. But yeah, I think really with AEW, we'll find out here in the next few months whether... Punk was the problem or whether it was there's something else brewing and who's to say that if there's not another guy that Kenny and the Bucks don't mesh well with they don't like whether this happens again because really it all boils down to CM Punk was essentially from what I've read this is just my thoughts on it CM Punk was just the product or just getting bullied at work People were talking shit about him. He got sick and tired of it. And instead of just bottling it up and just dealing with it, he just said what he thought, spoke his mind, and didn't take anybody's shit, which I can commend him for. There's only so much you could put up a person can put up with 
But uh, yeah, this is something that I think management should have squashed a long time ago. Uh, apparently, there was something that came out today where the Young Bucks said if there were no issues with CM Punk in the six months since his return, they would sit down for a meeting with him, which I find to be an absolutely ridiculous request. You're in upper management of a company that's meant to make money. You're leaving so much money on the table by not going into like doing a program with CM Punk simply because you want to act like children. I don't know what happened in that locker room brawl at all out last year. There's stories. People were bitten. Dogs' teeth were knocked loose. People were yelling. Chairs getting thrown. Uh, that's what I've heard. But, I mean, enough time has passed. It's been a year. Sit down. Hammer it out. Not everybody has to to like one another, to work together. I know for a fact I've been in work positions before where I did not always like the people I worked with. However, I chose to work with them as best I could for the betterment of my well-being, like my mental well-being, because it sucks going to work pissed off and angry all the time that you got to work with somebody you don't know or don't care about or just don't like. That's what that should have been done here. They should have sat down, hammered the shit out, and tried to make money out of this. Because if they would have done matches, this would have been the biggest feud in wrestling in quite a long time. Quite a long time. But, it, of course, it never, it didn't happen. I don't think it ever will. So, I don't know. We'll see, gang. Uh, love to hear your thoughts on what could be next for CM Punk what you might think is happening with AEW. Uh, be sure to shoot us an email, couchpotatopodcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on the links, which you can find in the uh, episode description below. Let me know what you think. I'm kind of curious to hear what uh, your thoughts are on the CM Punk situation because I know quite a bit to dig into. So that's going to wrap up this part of the episode. Uh, get ready next. Uh, my son will be on to talk about his experience with fantasy football. So that'll be coming up in just a second. is my son jack jack how are we doing buddy it's been a while since you've been on the show yeah it's been quite a while how are we doing tonight guys i think everybody's doing good especially if you're listening to us we appreciate you listening and we are just mere days away from the official kickoff of the nfl season and to commemorate that special occasion we did uh our fantasy football draft over the weekend. We have done our fantasy football draft for quite a few years. I believe this is year 20. It's been quite a long time. Uh, we were doing this even back in the days when 
the internet wasn't quite as popular and we used to have to keep track of fantasy stats through the old newspaper. Can you believe that that was such a thing? Oh. Yeah, that was a thing back in the day. You guys, you kids are lucky. Now we just have like the radio or like they you keep points and stuff. Yeah, you have an app that does the real-time scoring. It's nice. I would love to have had that. Can you imagine doing fantasy football in the 1950s where we'd have to wait days for stats? No. Yeah, I'd hate that. That that would suck. Yeah, it would. Um, But this is your first year doing it. Yeah, this is my first year. So what made you decide that you wanted to play fantasy football just out of curiosity um i just wanted to see how like it was because i've seen you do it before and it looked pretty cool really yeah yeah it's cool it's also very frustrating too but yeah um well you also love the nfl would you say that football is your favorite sport or is it basketball uh it's a hard between that too because i play basketball a lot i play football a lot but i'd probably have to go with basketball because i love so many players there and it's just yeah, you know. Well, then forget it. You just ruined this entire episode. You said you liked basketball. We're talking about fantasy football. Just forget what? it. What? What did I do? I'm just teasing, man. Uh, but you, uh, I know you've been asking me for a couple of years to join the league. Finally found a spot for you, so you uh, hopped in. Dad's paying your uh, entry fee, so yeah. you get to play for free. Um so did you do any research? I know I sent you some links to like kind of read up on how to play, who you should be drafting, all that stuff. So like what kind of research did you end up doing? Did you follow dad's lead or did you just kind of wing it on your own? Um, I did the two links that you sent me. I looked some up on like some leagues and stuff like that, like ESPN. Um I sent you ESPN and I sent you CBS Sports Fantasy. Those are the two that I usually reference the most. I did that and <clears throat> I did that and um I think I seen like one. It was like Yahoo Yahoo Fantasy, I think did one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Yahoo Fantasy has a lot of really good stuff too. They're they're pretty good to Yeah, I think it was like like top 10 sleepers for like the late rounds Mm -hmm. and I picked me up a couple. Yeah. They've got a lot of good information there too. It's pretty nice too. When you're making your selections or if you need to like pick up somebody off the waiver wire, they've always got stuff. Yeah. News available. Uh, So uh, our rounds, our teams, uh, you drew the number eight spot. We're a 10 team league. We do half a point uh, per reception. So you uh, picked out of the eight spot. Um, you want to read off uh, your team? Just like start off like your starting quarterback. Oh yeah. We do well before you do that. We do a starting quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a flex position, which is either a wide receiver or a running back, a, a kicker, and a defense. We don't do uh, the the tight end as a flex. We should. But it's been shot down a couple times in the league. So uh, those are your starting lineups. Then we have a bench as well. So why don't you read off uh, your team, and then I'll read off mine. Okay. So QB, I have Justin Herbert. Who I wanted, and then you snagged him up right before I did. Yeah, what I thought was cool is I got him in the sixth round. And then at my three wide receiver spots, I have Stephon Diggs, C.D. Lamb, and Keenan Allen. <clears throat> and then at running backs, I have 
Aaron Jones and Ramondre Stevenson's wits aren't good because I. Just, I think it's Ramondre Stevenson. Well, the running back from the New England Patriots. Yeah, I don't really know how to pronounce names, right? <clears throat> hey, you know what? You're already fitting in on the show because I think in the hundred plus episodes that we've done, I've mispronounced somebody's name just about every episode. Yeah, I do too. And then in my tight end position, who I got in like one of the later later rounds, is Evan Ingram. Which I thought was a pretty good pick because I got him in like the tenth or eleventh round. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and usually, because I've done a couple mock drafts in the past, he usually goes in like the ninth. Well, he goes about the seventh or eighth round. And then for my f- starting flex position, because I usually bounce him out stuff, is I have Antonio Gibson. And okay. then for like my backup, I have Michael Pittman Jr. And then I got Alva Kamara because. The four weeks that he got suspended, I think that's how I think he's suspended for three games. Uh, yeah, three or four. And then I got, I feel like, if one of my uh, like running backs gets hurt, my dad actually recommended this to me. I got Kenneth Gainwell from the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. And then for, like, just in case, like, a wide receiver gets hurt or they're, like, on a bye week, I got Rashad Bateman. And then for, like, a backup QB, just say that Justin Herbert got hurt. I have Jared Goff, which was a pretty good pickup. And then I got Quentin Johnson from TCU. He looked pretty good in the preseason. He's with uh, the Chargers now. Yes. And then for my kicker and my defense, I have Young Hoku for my kicker. And then my defense I have for New Orleans. And that's my team. You want to go now? Uh, yeah, actually, you know, like looking at your team, I think you, you did pretty good, uh, considering this was your first draft and it looked like you, you came prepared. Um, I think you got, I think your wide receivers are stacked. That's a pretty good, uh, starting receiver core. And plus I have those, uh, three as my backup. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Herbert, uh, it seemed like the court, well, we'll go into like, kind of some of the trends that we noticed in our draft. But, um, yeah, I think your running backs are solid. Uh, you did a good job of uh, getting some depth there. Um, yeah, I, I like your team. I was looking at the the teams that I drafted, and I, I think you have a solid contender here. Yahoo didn't seem to think, so they gave you a D plus. Are you serious? Yeah. I, I, Yahoo, if somebody works at Yahoo, I hate you. Why did you give me a D plus? I don't know. I'll, I'll go over my my grade too. They they weren't uh, much better for me. They weren't. They weren't happy about it. Yeah. Even you have a really good team. Uh, for me, uh, I I noticed that the quarterbacks were going earlier than normal. I know uh, playing as long as I have, I usually wait on a quarterback because there is so much uh, depth at that position. So you don't need to waste like a first, second, third round pick on a QB. But uh, most of the elite guys seem to have gone early. So I ended up with uh, Tua Tugavailoa, which I probably mispronounced his name. No, that's how I pronounce it. Uh, he's my starting quarterback. Uh, I ended up at receiver. I got um, Amon Ross St. Brown. I ended up with Jalen Waddell, uh, Debo Samuel. I got Austin Eckler. And Damian Pierce, my starting running backs. It's not bad. I reached for Darren Waller at uh, tight end, which I just noticed that he 
is questionable with a hamstring injury already. Yeah, that's what happened uh, with Rahamad. Sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong. Rahamad Ray Stevenson is because he's questionable with an illness. He's sick, yeah. Uh, I got Miles Sanders uh, working out of the flex in my benches. I got Isaiah Pacheco, Daniel Jones. I drafted Cortland Sutton, uh, Elijah Mitchell, Sky Moore, and Jalen Warren as my bench. And my kickers, Evan McPherson from the Bengals. And I drafted the commander's defense. I'd say you have a pretty solid team, especially that res- especially the running backs. Yeah. Because you got Austin Eckler is a good running back who can receive. He can do pretty much all the stuff you need in this league. Because he could get you 100 yards a game and, like, 60 to 70 receiving yards a game. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Uh, I wasn't too happy with my quarterbacks. Um I was shocked by how quickly the quarterbacks went off the board. Yeah, I was surprised. I'm happy I got Herbert. Yeah, I had uh, nine guys, nine quarterbacks. It was uh, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Herbert Burrow, uh, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. Uh, who else? I'm, no, I'm missing a couple guys here. Uh, I can fill you on in. Uh, Justin Fields. Uh, let's see. I know I'm missing somebody here and Trevor Lawrence. And, uh, those are the, uh, the guys that I, I was making a point that I, I wanted to get one of those nine guys. Cause I felt those were the most solid quarterback prospects on the board, but they all seemed to have gone early. So I kind of missed out and I wasn't going to waste like a super high pick on that, second, third tier guys, so I just waited, and I ended up with Tua and Daniel Jones back-to-back, which one, one of those guys hits, I'll be okay. Yeah, they're not as bad. It's just Daniel Jones has bad coaching, and he doesn't really have any wide receivers. And then the problem with Tua is his O-line is just horrible. Mm-hmm. And he has he gets a lot of head injuries, too. Yeah, that will – yeah, Tua has the, the concussion – Thing. I think if he could stay healthy, I think he would be I feel like easily in that top eight or nine. Uh, Daniel Jones, I was surprised, was a top 10 QB last year. Yeah. Um, so looking back at uh, our teams, uh, were there any players that you drafted that you felt like you couldn't believe that they fell to in the round that you got them in? I would say Evan Ingram because he had such a good year last year. Yeah, well, I think the reason why he fell is because uh, now he probably won't be like the focal point of the passing attack since they got Calvin Ridley back. Yeah, since he's uh, he's off suspension now. Um, and they also have Christian Kirk too. He's also a really good wide receiver. He's like in that top twenty to twenty-five receiving. I feel like the Jaguars could be playoff contenders again this year. I feel like they could. I feel like they're like a divisional round, like they did last year. I what think. round did you get? Uh, uh, Ingram. I would have to check on that real quick. Oh, it looks like you got him in the seventh round. Uh, I know. For me, I was surprised that. Uh, Eli Mitchell fell as far as he did. I think that he's going to be a guy that's going to be a part of that 49ers offense. 
And I'm shocked that the uh, the owner that drafted Christian McCaffrey didn't grab him as insurance. Because I think if there's one running back out of those top guys that you need to have the backup for, it's McCaffrey. Yeah. It's because McCaffrey is kind of the... Like, he's like the guy that'll get you down field. And Elijah Mitchell will be the one that'll get you in the red zone. Same with, like, the Patriots running back core. Because Rahamad Drake can get you downfield, he can get you yardage, and then Zeke's just that good red zone guy, like he was with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, well, they incorporated a lot of uh, Eli Mitchell into the offense, uh, even when they got McCaffrey. Yeah. But uh, I felt that uh, he was a steal where I got him at. Uh, take a look here, see what round I got him in. Uh, let's see... I drafted him in the 12th. Wow. So I was surprised he was still available. Um, was there one, was there somebody on your, uh, that you really went into this draft and you said, I want to get this guy and you missed out on him? Like, who was that? Like, was there like one player, a group of players? Was there somebody that you just wanted to get and you just didn't get him? I really wanted to get Justin Jefferson because of the year he had last year. Well, I, I think everybody would have wanted Justin Jefferson. But, like, somebody besides, like, one of the elite guys. the one. Uh, that- you know, a guy who I really wanted, I really wanted, um, I really wanted Tyree Kill because he's such a fast guy. And, you know, like, he can be fast. He can do everything pretty much. Yeah, well, uh, where you were drafting at, though, I mean... I, I still got Stephon Diggs in the first round. Yeah, you just missed out on him. Yeah. But that's not really, like, your fault, like... No, because he was the fifth pick, and I figured that. Yeah. But a steal who I did get was C.D. Lamb in the second round with the 13th pick. That was a steal for me. Yeah. Um, I know for me, I was just uh, kind of bummed out. I didn't get one of those nine quarterbacks I mentioned. Yeah, I I wasn't gonna draft Mahomes because as much as I like him in fantasy, there was no way I was gonna waste a super high pick on him. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think I had a very good shot of getting Jalen Hurts. Uh, but I thought that maybe I could have gotten like Trevor Lawrence. That's one of the guys I really keyed in on, like a uh, uh, Lawrence. Or Herbert, or maybe Justin Fields, and uh, I was shocked I wasn't able to come away with one of those three guys. So those are like probably the three. I would say Trevor Lawrence more than anybody because I thought for sure that I had the best shot at getting him, and the way I mapped out my strategy in my head was I could build up my running backs and my wide receivers, and then by the time I had like two good running backs, three good receivers. I could then swoop in and grab Trevor Lawrence and he would still be there and he wasn't. He went right like a couple picks before I was on the yeah. wraparound to get him. Yeah. That's what I kind of did because I kind of went wide receiver heavy for like the first couple rounds. And then, and you actually told me to go with a running back because I'm not trying to get stuck with God. Like, I mean, Kenneth Walker wouldn't be a bad one, but he's like a good backup. No, I think Kenneth Walker yeah. is a starting like a, star, a starting yeah. fantasy running back. Well, you know there is a theory. It's called the zero running back theory, where guys will draft. Uh, and you almost kind of had that going for a minute, where guys will draft 
receivers early, and then they'll wait on their running backs, and they end up with like just an elite core wide receivers, and like a, they might end up with like one of the the upper echelon quarterbacks, and then they're starting like I don't know, say someone like a Miles Sanders and Isaiah Pacheco, and they're starting running backs. Yeah, so it is a thing. Yeah, for the skill of Isaiah Pacheco, especially his rookie year, he was he was something else. Well, I've got him sitting on my bench. Hopefully he pans out for me. I, I like to think that I got some solid depth there. Yeah, especially because they have the Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, well, um, I was a little shocked last night that uh, Hilaire got the start. Yeah. Because I thought, because we're recording this on a Friday night. Uh, the young man and I have been a little under the weather, so we weren't able to record this before the Thursday night game between the Chiefs and the Lions. But, yeah, which uh, was a crazy game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was a little shocked by them putting him in first, as I thought for sure. They're like, oh, great, I just wasted a pick. And then in our league, what happens is, is uh, if a running back gets hurt or loses his job, that Thursday night game, there is a free-for-all on our waiver wire to try to get somebody. Um, do you think that you did pretty good? I mean, like, what what's your thoughts on your team? Do you think that you got a pretty good team that someone that can, like a team that can contend for the championship? Or do you think, like, well, it's my first year. I don't think I did as great as I thought I would. Well, Which, well, I didn't really want to go like all out because it's my first year. I mean, I think I could go deep in the playoffs, but there's some really good teams out there, and I think there's that one team that would just beat me. And I mean, I think I did pretty good. I think I could go deep. I mean, there's a couple solid teams out there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I I personally I think you did pretty good. I think that you've got a. You got yourself a playoff contender there, but you know the, the the beauty of it is there's always guys that come out of nowhere. Yeah, who always uh, like heat up. Yeah, you pick them up on the waiver wire. Uh, you can always make trades. Uh, that is one thing that I have been known to do is uh, make a lot of trades, try to make my team better. I n- almost never end up with the same team that I had. Yeah. At the beginning of the year, so yeah, you've always, you got a number of avenues to to look. But yeah, I think you did pretty good, man. Yeah, I feel like I could, I could do better, but I feel like I got me a good starting like receiver and running back core. Yeah. Um. Now, I noticed this last night when we were watching the game. You seem to have more of an interest in that particular game. Do you think that playing fantasy football is going to make you enjoy the NFL more, or you uh, the same, or do you think you're going to enjoy it less because now you? You're rooting for players. Some, because let me put it to you like this: I know some people don't play fantasy football anymore that have played with us, yeah, because they don't like drafting a team where a certain they have to root for a player playing against their favorite team. Um, like as an example, a uh, buddy of the show, Lucas, is a diehard Cleveland Browns fan, and he hated rooting against Browns players for the sake of his fantasy team. So that's why he doesn't play anymore. And he, he gets so invested in his team that he doesn't want to like root for somebody else playing against his team for fantasy purposes. So he quit. But uh, people like me, as an example, like I personally love 
uh, watching football more now that I play fantasy because I, it makes me invest in games that I normally wouldn't watch. Yeah, I get that feeling. Like, because, because go like, go, like for me as an example, like I'm a I'm a Cowboys fan, so normally I wouldn't watch anything but a cow like the Cowboys games. But if the one o'clock game rolls around and it's the the New York Giants against the New Orleans Saints. As I've stated earlier, I have a couple of Giants on my team. You have Alvin Kamara on your team. Yeah. That might be a game that you and I would sit down and watch because we've got players that are playing in fantasy. So, but, but like, what do you think, though? I mean, um, I think it will make me like football more because I could get like more invested in it because of the players I have. Like, for example, say Stephon Diggs. I really love Stephon Diggs. And he's just all around a good player. I like watching him because of his footwork. I think his footwork is phenomenal. And the routes he runs. But also, I don't like the Buffalo Bills. Like, I mean, I don't like the... I like the Buffalo Bills, but I don't like the Buffalo Bills. Oh. So you would find yourself watching a Buffalo Bills game because you have Stephon Diggs more than you... You would... Say you didn't have Stefan Diggs on your team, right? Yeah, I probably wouldn't watch the Bills. Yeah. That's how I feel, at least. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you did pretty good, man. I think that you have a solid team. I I think that maybe for the rest of the football season we're kinda we'll bring you back every few weeks just oh. to kind of see how see how you're doing. If you wanna blow off steam and get just like let loose, like complain about how bad your team's doing. <laughs> Feel free. If your team's doing awesome, might let you shit talk a little bit on here. And some of the other guys in our league listen to the show. At least I hope they do. Uh, so you can shit talk them a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think we'll do that. I think we'll come back every few weeks or so. Just kind of touch base and see how, uh, how you're doing. Yeah. Well, you do know that, uh, couple of years after you were born uh, a guy that used to play in our fantasy baseball league he doesn't play anymore because he kind of got uh life got in the way and he wasn't able to invest as much time into it as he used to but he said that when you get to this point like your age now that you're essentially anakin skywalker it's that? a reference to star wars like he's like the ultimate jedi sith the all-powerful Jedi, and since I play so much fantasy sports, yeah, that you'll be better than me. So you're like the you're the Anakin Skywalker. Oh yeah, and Anakin eventually becomes Darth Vader. So don't go chopping like my head off the lightsaber. I'm not. Okay, I appreciate it if you wouldn't do that. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, well, Jack, we'll have you back uh, every every few weeks to check on. Uh, Check on your team, see how you're doing, okay. see how you're enjoying fantasy football, see if it's something that you'll say, like, Dad, I made a huge mistake. I don't want to play next year. Or whether it's one of those things like, oh, yeah, I'll definitely be back. Because you seem to like fantasy baseball, but fantasy baseball is a lot different than football because you have to change it on a daily basis. Fantasy football, on the other hand, is almost a set it, forget it. Yeah, it's like you only have to worry about it on like Saturdays or Sundays. Yeah, I hope that you do like it because uh, I really don't want to have to look for a replacement, and I can always count on you to be in the league. So yeah, because 
I'll do anything, honestly. Yeah. Like, if you don't have a person for fantasy sports, you count me in. You're my guy, right? Yep. All right, good deal. I'm like your Kevin Durant. I don't know. I, don't know you. I wouldn't say Kevin Durant, but... Well. But, uh, hey, man, it was awesome having you on the show. I know it's yeah. been it's been too long, uh, like I said. But, yeah, you'll be you'll be coming back every few weeks or so. Just uh, I have to name your segment the the Jackson Fantasy. Because I can't really call you the Brotato Tot anymore because you are close to being the same size as me. Yeah. I mean, you're not quite there yet, but you're getting you're getting there. So I can't really call you a tot anymore because you're not really small. So you could call me the Brotato Potato. I, we'll hammer it we'll, out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll come up with something cool. So, hey, man, it's awesome uh, hanging out with you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Uh, and that's going to wrap up today's episode. So we hope you guys and gals enjoyed it. Be sure to follow us wherever you get podcasts, subscribe, all that jazz, so you don't miss out on new episodes. We do drop them weekly. Uh, if you like what we're doing on here at the Couch Potato Podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. It helps us get noticed. Helps us uh, on those search results. If somebody wants to search for a 12-year-old boy's first time playing fantasy football, this will be one of the first searches that shows up, so we'd appreciate that. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or X, or whatever the hell it's called now. Uh, we are on threads. Be sure to give us a follow. We do appreciate it. I uh, love communicating with uh, people listening to the show, so don't hesitate to reach out. Links to those are in the show description. So until next time, we will talk to you guys and gals later.